Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. John Milton's Paradise Lost Book 1 Part 3 Lines 381 through 621 The chief were those who from the pit of hell, roaming to seek their prey on earth, durst fix their seats long after next the seat of God, their altars by his altar, gods adored among the nations round, and durst abide Jehovah thundering out of Zion, throned between the cherubim. Yea, often placed within his sanctuary itself their shrines, abominations, and with cursed things his holy rites and solemn feasts profaned and with their darkness durst affront his light. First, Moloch, hard king besmeared with blood of human sacrifice and parents' tears, though for the noise of drums and timbrels loud their children's cries unheard, that passed through fire to his grim idol. Him the Ammonite worshipped in Rabbah and her watery plain, in Argob and in Basan, to the stream of utmost Arnon, nor content with such audacious neighborhood, the wisest heart of Solomon he led by fraud to build his temple right against the temple of God on that opprobrious hill, and made his grove the pleasant valley of Hinnom, Tophet thence, and black Gehenna called the type of hell. Next Chemos, the obscene dread of Moab's sons, from Aror to Nebo, and the wild of southmost Abarim, in Hesabon and Horanaim, Seon's realm, beyond the flowery dale of Sibma clad with vines, and Elial to the asphaltic pool, Peor his other name, when he enticed Israel, in Sittim on their march from Nile, to do him wanton rites, which cost them woe. Yet thence his lustful orgies he enlarged even to that hill of scandal, by the grove of Moloch, homicide, lust hard by hate, till good Josiah drove them hence to hell. With these came they, who from the bordering flood of old Euphrates, to the brook that parts Egypt from Syrian ground, had general names of Balaam and Ashtaroth, those male, these feminine. For spirits, when they please, can either sex assume, or both. So soft and uncompounded is their essence pure, not tied or manacled with joint or limb, nor founded on the brittle strength of bones, like cumbrous flesh. But in what shape they choose, dilated or condensed, bright or obscure, can execute their airy purposes, and works of love or enmity fulfill. For those the race of Israel oft forsook their living strength, and unfrequented left his righteous altar, bowing lowly down to bestial gods, for which their heads as low bowed down in battle, sunk before the spear of despicable foes. With these in troop came Astoreth, whom the Phoenicians called Astarte, queen of heaven, with crescent horns, to whose bright image nightly by the moon Sidonian virgins paid their vows and songs. In Zion also not unsung, where stood her temple on the offensive mountain, built by that uxorious king 
whose heart, though large, beguiled by fair idolatresses, fell to idols foul. Tammuz came next behind, whose annual wound in Lebanon allured the Syrian damsels to lament his fate in amorous ditties all a summer's day, while smooth Adonis from his native rock ran purple to the sea, supposed with blood of Tammuz yearly wounded. The love-tale infected Zion's daughters with like heat, whose wanton passions in the sacred porch Ezekiel saw, when by the vision led his eye surveyed the dark idolatries of alienated Judah. Next came one who mourned in earnest, when the captive ark maimed his brute image, head and hands lopped off in his own temple, on the Grunzel edge, where he fell flat and shamed his worshippers. Dagon, his name. Sea monster, upward man and downward fish, yet had his temple high-reared in Azotus, dreaded through the coast of Palestine, in Gath and Ascalon and Acheron and Gaza's frontier bounds. Him followed Rimmon, whose delightful seat was fair Damascus, on the fertile banks of Abana and Farfar, lucid streams. He also, against the house of God, was bold. A leper once he lost and gained a king, Ahaz, his sottish conqueror, whom he drew God's altar to disparage and displace for one of Syrian mode, whereon to burn his odious offerings, and adore the gods whom he had vanquished. After these appeared a crew who under names of old renown, Osiris, Isis, Horus and their train, with monstrous shapes, and sorceries abused fanatic Egypt and her priests to seek their wandering gods disguised in brutish forms rather than human. Nor did Israel escape the infection when their borrowed gold composed the calf in Oreb, and the rebel king doubled that sin in Bethel and in Dan, likening his maker to the grazed ox, Jehovah, who in one night when he passed from Egypt marching, equaled with one stroke both her firstborn and all her bleating gods. Belial came last, than whom a spirit more lewd fell not from heaven, or more gross to love vice for itself. To him no temple stood or altar smoked. Yet who more oft than he, in temples and at altars, when the priest turns atheist, as did Eli's sons, who filled with lust and violence the house of God, in courts and palaces he also reigns, and in luxurious cities, where the noise of riot ascends above their loftiest towers, and injury and outrage. And when night darkens the streets, then wander forth the sons of Belial, flown with insolences and wine. Witness the streets of Sodom, and that night in Gibeah, when the hospitable door exposed a matron to avoid worse rape. These were the prime in order and in might. The rest were long to tell though far renowned. The Ionian gods, of Javan's issue held gods, yet confused later than heaven and earth their boasted parents. Titan, heaven's firstborn, with his enormous brood, and birthright seized by younger Saturn, he from mightier Jove his own and Rhea's son like measure found. So Jove usurping reigned, these first in Crete and Ida known, Thence on the snowy top of cold Olympus ruled the middle air their highest heaven, or on the Delphian cliff, or in Dodona, 
and through all the bounds of Doric land, or with Saturn old fled over Adria to the Hesperian fields, and o'er the Celtic roamed the utmost isles. All these and more came flocking, but with looks downcast and damp, yet such wherein appeared obscure some glimpse of joy, to have found their chief not in despair, to have found themselves not lost in loss itself, which on his countenance cast like doubtful hue. But he his wonted pride soon recollecting, with high words that bore semblance of worth, not substance, gently raised their fainting courage, and dispelled their fears. Then straight commands that at the warlike sound of trumpets loud, and clarions be upreared his mighty standard, that proud honor claimed Azazel as his right, a cherub tall, who forthwith from the glittering staff unfurled the imperial ensign, which full high advanced shone like a meteor streaming to the wind with gems and golden luster rich emblazed, seraphic arms and trophies, all the while sonorous metal blowing martial sounds, at which the universal host upsent a shout that tore hell's concave, and beyond frighted the reign of chaos and old night. All in a moment through the gloom were seen ten thousand banners rise into the air, with orient colors waving. With them rose a forest huge of spears, and thronging helms appeared, and serried shields in thick array of depth immeasurable. Anon they move in perfect phalanx to the Dorian mood of flutes and soft recorders, such as raised to height of noblest temper heroes old, arming to battle. And instead of rage, deliberate valor breathe, firm and unmoved with dread of death to flight or foul retreat, nor wanting power to mitigate and swage with solemn torches, troubled thoughts, and chase anguish and doubt and fear and sorrow and pain from mortal or immortal minds. Thus they breathing united force with fixed thought, moved on in silence to soft pipes that charmed their painful steps over the burnt soil. And now advanced in view they stand, a horrid front of dreadful length and dazzling arms, in guise of warriors old with ordered spear and shield, awaiting what command their mighty chief had to impose. He, through the armed files, darts his experienced eye, and soon traverse the whole battalion views, their order due, their visages and stature as of gods, their number last he sums, and now his heart distends with pride, and hardening in his strength glories, for never since created man met such embodied force, as named with these could merit more that small infantry warred on by cranes. Though all the giant brood of Phlegra with the heroic race were joined that fought at Thebes and Ilium, on each side mixed with auxiliar gods, and what resounds in fable or romance of Uther's son begirt with British and Armoric knights, and all who since, baptized or infidel, jousted in Aspromont or Montalban, Damasco or Morocco, or Trebizond, or whom Bizerta sent from Afric shore, when Charlemagne with all his peerage fell by Fontarabia, Thus far these beyond compare of mortal prowess, yet observe their dread commander. He above the rest in shape and gesture proudly eminent stood like a tower. His form had yet not lost all her original brightness, 
nor appeared less than archangel ruined, and the excess of glory obscured. As when the sun new risen looks through the horizontal misty air, shorn of his beams, or from behind the moon in dim eclipse, disastrous twilight sheds on half the nations, and with fear of change perplexes monarchs, darkened so, yet shone above them all the archangel. But his face deep scars of thunder had entrenched, and care sat on his faded cheek, but under brows of dauntless courage and considerate pride waiting revenge. Cruel his eye, but cast signs of remorse and passion to behold the fellows of his crime. The followers, rather, but cast signs of remorse and passion to behold the fellows of his crime. The followers, rather, far other once beheld in bliss, condemned forever now to have their lot in pain. Millions of spirits for his fault immersed of heaven, and from eternal splendors flung for his revolt. Yet faithful how they stood, their glory withered, as when heaven's fire hath scathed the forest oaks, or mountain pines. With singed top, their stately growth though bare stands on the blasted heath. He now prepared to speak, whereat their doubled ranks they bend from wing to wing, and half enclose him round with all his peers. Attention held them mute. Thrice he essayed, and thrice in spite of scorn, tears such as angels weep burst forth. At last, words interwove with sighs found out their way. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. <laughs>